Hello. In this podcast, I'm going to talk a little bit more about the hierarchy of heaven and earth by Douglas Harding. And in the last two podcasts, I've talked about some of the ideas in this book. And in this podcast, I'm going to focus on the ideas of projection and reflection. So I'm hoping you've listened to the last two podcasts and also assuming you've done some of the experiments. So Douglas starts the the hierarchy, just to recap a little bit, by asking the question, what am I? Common sense says I'm a man. Wait a minute, I'm going to look for myself. No, I'm not. I'm a headless body with the world on my shoulders. So you can look down, you see your body fades out somewhere above your chest into this open space that we're all looking out of. And the world is given in your single eye at no distance. So you might measure between two objects in the field of view. You get a distance there, but how far away is the whole field of view? Well, where would you measure from? There's nowhere here at center to measure from. It's all given here at no distance. And uh, it is like a reflection in a mirror, a flat mirror receiving that image there. You receive the whole world here at no distance. So that's reflection. But then you project everything. You fling everything out of the center like a centrifuge, leaving the center empty. And I look at my hand, you see, and yes, it is given here at no distance. And yet I have a feeling that it is just there. It is there, not just here. But then I look at the window and it's further away. And the cloud beyond the window is even further away. And then at night the stars are in the far distance and my view out from this center is led. It's got zones. So the view out is both flat, uh, that's reflection, and deep projected out to the furthest galaxy. And both are true. It's a paradox. Everything is both here and there. In fact, everything is either there from here, there projected from here, or here from there, here reflected here from there. It's what Douglas calls the law of elsewhereness. Nothing is in just one place. I say your head is there, but I go up to it and I lose it. Okay, so this is the view out. But um, if I'm looking at you, then I see you, given here, but project you back there to, I don't know, ten feet away. But you have a center there, you see. And you're looking out of your center, and you see Richard at your center there, reflected there, but you project him back. If if you were going to point at Richard, you wouldn't point at your own center, you'd point over at my center and say, Richard, you're over there, you're projecting my image back. And this is how we become aware of what we are in the world. You see who you are as a person through the eyes of everyone around you and then take that on board. And uh, I do the same, obviously. 
So in this in this relationship between my centre and your centre, uh, we exchange what we experience. I, I experience you here, but I give it back to you, and you experience what I am over there, but give it back to me. It's one system, a kind of exchange between two centres. And in order to know yourself as a person, you've got to place yourself in my centre or other people's centre, turn around and see yourself from there. Common sense says, well, you can't do that. You can't be in two places at once, your centre and my centre. But reflection says, well, that's the only way you can become aware of yourself being anything is by, by uh, shifting centre and seeing yourself from that region. So from just a few feet away, I, I take up your centre and see myself as a person. But from a long way away, I take up, uh, you know, Mars appears in me and I, I project Mars back on that centre. And I move to that centre, look out from there back towards here and see Earth here. Project that back. So I become aware of being Earth or being a star through all the other stars. So, anything you look at is nothing where it is, but builds up to whatever it is in you. So, I'm looking at a person, but over there they're nothing, and then their appearance evolves as it travels towards me. A particle, a, an atom, a cell, finally a person over here. And as it, as it travels across, I make way for it, and I'm nothing here. But at the same time, my appearance is evolving and travelling and landing in your centre. I'm in you and you're in me. And this is true of everything you look at. Uh, so, for example, I look at a chair. Now, that chair has a certain uh, individuality in a way. It's a chair and I can go all the way around it see it from different angles, see that's its chair zone, at centre it's nothing. If I went up to it I could uh, look at its fibres and go around a fibre, you see, and at that range it is manifesting in me as a fibre. Well I know that right at the centre it's nothing. Now, the way Douglas describes it is that the centre, which is nothing, is like a mirror. It's not just empty. It reflects, it receives, it always receives something. So at the centre of the chair is this nothingness, which isn't just nothing, it is reflecting the stream of influences coming into it. And uh, whatever you're looking at, uh, you are conducting a kind of exchange, a kind of exchange with it. I'm receiving the chair here and sending it back there, and uh, it is receiving something, it, it, it registering something. You know, a camera registers an appearance over there on, on the paper, doesn't it? Uh, so, so this means that uh, whatever you are aware of, you are in an exchange with. And it is building up to something in you, and you are making way for that, 
and you are building up to something in it and it is making way for you. And this is one system with two poles, two centers. And you can't, uh, you don't forsake your center for the other center when you go and see yourself from outside. You keep hold of both. I would say I'm primarily at this center, but then I'm forever placing myself at other centers without letting go of this center and seeing myself from there, whether it is as a person or a planet or a cell or whatever. So one of the centers that we place ourselves at is the mirror. And uh, you see, when I put myself in the shoes of my friend and look at myself through her eyes, uh, I see, you know, I, I'm aware of what she's seeing, but it's all mixed up with memories of me that she might have or uh, ideas about what I'm going to do or even influenced by other relationships. It's quite a, a complicated view of me that I'm not quite sure what's me and what's her. But the mirror is just empty, you know, just glass there, as it were. So when I place myself at that centre and become aware of the image given, reflected at that centre, the mirror, then it has no complications of, uh, you know, history or anything else. It is just reflecting in the moment what I am. I place myself there, then project that image back on my centre, and that's what we do when we do that little experiment with a mirror where we look in it and pretend to reach in and grab hold of the face and pull it out and flip it the other way around and put it on. That's reflection and projection uh, with the mirror. So when... Uh, this is... We're all doing this all the time. Uh, science and common sense uh, uh, treat the object as if it's just an object there with nothing to do with oneself here. And that's necessary in order to be able to study the object objectively. But it's like studying a cell that you have to kill to study it. Uh, it's sort of dead. And the, the only way that you can ever really know something is because it's in you and you're in it. It's not independent. Science is a, that's a necessary th thing for science to do. But it is a kind of uh, you know, artificial thing in a way. And uh, everything, see, uh, here's another way of thinking about it, that the, the exchange between you and an object, let's say the sky, the blue sky, is appearing in you as blue. It's not blue over there. It's blue in you. But this is one system. The center over there that is nothing, that is manifesting as the blue sky in you, manifesting in your empty center, this, uh, this is one system. So it's as if, just as I go out to my friend and see myself from there and become aware of myself and take responsibility for being Richard, so the blue sky comes to me to discover its blueness and to rejoice in its blueness. It's not just me rejoicing. It's the blue sky becoming aware of itself. Because... Uh, it's not just one pole of the system that owns the contents, it's shared. So everything is, is eyeing its own appearance in you. Everything is becoming aware of what it is in you. 
And uh, this is obviously a, a, a declaration of the living universe. It's not a dead thing separate from you. Everything you are aware of, uh, you, you are enjoying an exchange with between these two empty centers, really. And, uh, you know, whatever is projected onto my center, uh, if I've got ten people standing around me, uh, they all have a different view of me, don't they? And my sense of my of who I am, a rounded view of me, is a composite of all the different views. See? From the front, the back, the side, whatever. Now let's say that one of these people, nine people see me as Richard, but one person sees me as Napoleon. Is that person wrong? From this point of view, no. That's a valid view of me. But it's not the majority view. I go by sort of the consistent view. But I can't reject that one view of me as wrong. It's just uh, kind of on a scale, at the far end of the scale, where I don't give it much weight. I give weight to the majority view. But this means that you, you don't... You realize that every view of you has a, a validity. And what goes along with that is that, of course, none of the views stick at center. You're empty. You reflect everything here, but project it there. You're empty. And so you're free of all those projections on you, yet you take them on board. And, of course, this works when you project on someone else. What you think about someone will land in a way that is a valid view of them. And uh, it depends what the, the general view of that person is. Your view may not have very much weight, but if enough people think badly of someone, well, in a funny kind of way, they'll become what you think of them. And we, we know this with the way we treat other nations, don't we? We, we demonize them and then, you know, in a funny kind of way, they become what we think of them. Uh, but fortunately, it also happens if you think good of others, that uh, if you project, uh, you know, good feelings and a good view on someone, they'll become that. And uh, so it's just being aware of the power of projection, because there's nothing at center for, for them to, to ward that off with. So projection and reflection are... Uh, an exchange between centers, becoming aware of who you are. And uh, Douglas talks about an author and uh, her characters, you know, and you, you're the author of your characters, but believable characters uh, take on a life of their own and do things the author isn't, uh, wasn't prepared for. And uh, our lives are a bit like this, with, with we, we, we project, you know, we, we we receive the other person here, then we project them back, and we go with them, and we see ourselves from there, and then we see the rest of life, their lives from there. We enter into that center and the life they are living there as a genuine life happening over there in that center, yet in us. So, that's empathy, isn't it? 
And to be human is to enter into the life of everyone around you. And, and to be is to enter into every center that you come across, as it were, whether it's a person or a planet or an animal or a, a star or a rock. And one has a sense of, you know, the rock is in me, yet I have a sense that the rock knows itself through me. And this ability to shift center enables one to, in a sense, become the rock and, and know what it's like to be a rock or to know what it's like to sway with a, with a branch in the breeze or to move with a cloud or to flow as a river or to fly as a bird. You know, one, one enters into the life of everything around and this is by virtue of a shifting center and not just being in this center, but placing yourself in any other center whilst keeping your hold on this center at the same time. So projection and uh, reflection. The, uh, the lifeblood really, going on all the time, everything you are aware of, there is this exchange going on two-way. Uh, Douglas insists on this. It's always two-way. A view in towards the centre is always matched by a view out. And uh, right down at the uh, level of the atom, is saying, well, the view out from an electron, uh, you see, there's a view in, some kind of vague view in of an electron, but from its centre, it has a view out of the other electrons. I mean, extremely obscure, myopic, short-sighted view. You know, there's hardly anything there at all. But every view in is matched by view out. Okay, well, I, um, I hope I've got uh, something across here and haven't uh, completely fried your brain. 